Yes, it's another special edition of the Jock and Journo show because... No, that's not the sticky prawns or the caramel pork here at the George. That's finals time and it's just around the corner. And it's uh, exciting. Two men here, of course, very excited for the massive games which are coming up in a certain milestone which is just around the corner, the big 300. We might get to that next week. But lots on the agenda, of course. I'm Jay Clark. I want to say a big hello and welcome to you, Braden Cox. Howdy, Jay. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, mate. For possibly the last time, Coco, the five-time All-Australian, five-time Best and Fairest winner, three-time Anzac Day medalist, Scott Pendlebury. Why is is he packing it up? Well, it's the the All-Australian team. Oh, yes. This week, and he could become a six-time, five-time, which could throw me. Could throw you. For future reference. How are you, Scotty Pendlebury? Very well, mate. Very well. Um, as you said, the weather turns, doesn't it? Mm. I don't know why. Round twenty-three finishes, and the weather just gets nicer. Yep. Great day. We trained today, and it was awesome. Did the sun come through? And yep. It's beautiful. It's good for your old chalky bones. Yeah, I know. Bit of <laughs> vitamin D. I've been supplementing the vitamin D. We what we did do is we did a we're going to get to the footy in a second, but we had a special Herald Sun photo shoot in um, what is it Elwood Bay? What do you call yeah, it? Elwood what was that Bay beach? Was there. And it, you're, the beach is Elwood Beach, but yeah, your ability to withstand the freezing temp- temperature, the waters was, was much better than yours. Was extraordinary because I wanted to get out of there a minute in Coco. It's fair to say I was holding a flash of the uh, great man. Took his shirt off, of course, as you would to when you're getting a <laughs> photo. Of we'll, the, tell, we'll tell the story from the start, so. Because my 300 next week, yep. Jay's like, we'll do a story for Herald mm. Sun mm. in the water, you doing some recovery, which is sort of standard stuff. Yeah, I didn't I give him a lot of choice. I'll, I'll do the interview with you if you get in the water with me. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. Mm. And then I got my humour out of it because Jay carried on like a yeah. 13-year-old getting in the water, said he was going to vomit, it was too cold. I felt physically ill, Coco. What, so you did the whole interview in the water? No, I just held the, held the, the flash. Held but the that flash. Was, but we were in there for probably 15, I reckon. It was difficult 15. enough. But yeah. you were like the Terminator out there. You were just like, do, 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 just oblivious to the freezing temperatures. Yeah, well, it's just normal because you do it every sort of week. But you, yeah. I never wanted to do it again. Oh, it's so cold in here. It's so cold in here. I'm like, mate, it's the middle of winter. Yeah. What do you expect? Like spa temperatures. <laughs> and then yeah. when... And then when uh, you get to the, when the nether regions hit the testicle oh, level, <laughs> poor steel side bottom, he wouldn't have too well at the moment, would he? But um, uh, yeah, Jay let out a nice little roar when when they went under, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, that was chilly. How is um, steel side bottom's knacker bag? Yeah, he's all right. He was um, in at the club today. I think he's seen the surgeon this morning. So yeah, expected to play. And um, yeah, it's like it was. I was in the drill that he did it in. He got back heeled in the nuts and just went down. And yep. He tried to get up and keep going because when you get hit in the nuts, you, everyone knows that mm. feeling of like it just feels you feel a bit sick. Yeah. And he just tried to sort of get in the main drill and he just like he just couldn't. He just couldn't stand up straight. And he's like, oh, I reckon I've done something serious here. Oh boy. Got the scan and ruptured testicle. Did he show you by any chance? No, he what? didn't. He had <laughs> surgery that night. Yeah. He was pretty much like oh. literally like straight into the club and gone. Yeah. Got fixed. Like yeah, it was just. Like we've had some weird injuries and stuff this year, but that takes the cake. Like it was almost a joke. Like yep. getting ready for finals, playing Essendon, yep. sort of big game. They mm-hmm. lose one of your best players with a ruptured testicle. Just a busted nut. Yeah, How yeah. did he take the news still? Because he's a happy-go-lucky guy. He's one of our favourites here on the Jock and Journo pod. Was he sort of um, – can you have a laugh about it now? Or? Well, he can have a laugh about it now, but he just said like even watching the game, like he said like 
he couldn't even get too into it because he was so sore. Ooh. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, like it's pretty stiff. Can't laugh if it knocks <laughs> around your pillberg, which is pillberg, which is just <laughs> I mean operated on. Look, we got we're gonna talk about some of your most memorable finals, because it yeah. is finals time, so we want to yeah. get in the swing of finals. As I said, we're gonna talk about your milestone next week. So stay tuned for that. That's gonna be a belter. That'll be but big. We're gonna talk about your favorite finals. We're gonna have a look look at this uh rounds or this excuse me, Upcoming. the first week of finals. Yeah. Uh uh, matchups and talk about what you like there. Who's going to win? And uh, we've also got to discuss your teammate Darcy Moore because it's one of the most extraordinary things, Scott, that I've ever seen. That a man come off the ground late in the game, sat on the bench in his tracksuit top, but then, um, as Nathan Buckley says, there's no injury. There's nothing wrong with his hamstring. So yeah. what's this? This to me seems like a complete sock out for young Darcy. Are we talking about this now or you want to get to it? No, we're going to talk about it. It's the big story. Let's talk about that now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think with, with Dars on the weekend, he had some awareness there. And What is awareness? What I the hell is awareness? I don't know. I'm not Do you playing. know what that is, Coggo? You know your hamstring's there. Yeah. yeah. And I've said this before, like, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't have speed. So, <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get awareness. Your hamstrings are safe and sound in your <laughs> legs, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, then. No, there's no danger of them ever going. So, yep. um, but I think when you've, you know, like him or um, any guys that have had soft tissue problems, and you he- I heard Trent Cochran speak about it not long ago that the hardest part for him was actually mentally just letting himself go and, and go for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Darcy probably late in the fourth quarter or middle of the fourth quarter feels that awareness and thinks, Jesus, if I potentially doing something or am, I, or am I about to do something? Yep. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, what he's thinking, but I can imagine those sort of things start going through your head. And yep. probably also a factor in the decision-making might have been that, you know, we were locked into finals and you, for the sake of the game, you don't want to lose Darcy. So yep. I'm not sure what the decision or how they come to it, but he ended up, like he only really missed the last 15 minutes of the game, mm. even though it was pretty, like, wasn't uh, sealed by any stage of that stage when we no, up lost for him and Matty Scharenberg was down as well because he got knocked out earlier but the good news is that it is clean and he's now got a really uh, important two weeks of training for him to very important build that confidence and um, just make sure that he knows that he's right to go so um, yeah if anything it's probably oh, if, yeah, if anything for Darcy it's probably reassuring that he got through almost a game and nothing was there and the scan come back clean and all those type of things. So, do you do you pick up around the club that he is sort of constantly worried about it, or this is a genuine challenge for him, week in week out? Um, no, I try not to talk to guys. Like I think the last thing you'd want for any player if you're injured is people always saying, "Oh, how's your hamstring?" or yeah. "How's your calf?" or "How's that AC joint?" or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I think a really good sign for us was that he come out in full train today. Yeah, so full train, which to me means that he's not thinking about it. He's out on the track. Um, you know, I did beat him in a couple of one-on-ones today on oh the lead, which is didn't look, lead. Bit, didn't look like it in bit, a few photos I saw. Yeah, no, nah, Darcy did mark a couple, but um, <laughs> I got my fair share. So, um, yeah, so like that's you know he's taken a good step today, trained fully. And then uh, we train again Friday, trained fully Friday. Um, Do you think yeah. he'll play? Huh? You think he'll play? Yeah, I, if he's right to go, yep. he he plays. Is he? You take go back to the halfway point of the year. Yeah, everyone was raving about how oh, good of a player is and nah, that sort of stuff. So all all Australian yeah. up back early. So I think yeah. I think the, the beauty of the week off for Dars is he can have a real crack this week on the track, knowing that there's not a game on the weekend, and just prove to himself that yeah, 
you know, I am right. I'm, I'm yeah. good to go. I'm ready. So, but does the intensity of uh, practice match the intensity of a game? And you wonder, like from a from my point of view, from an external point yeah. of view, you wonder when Darcy Moore runs out onto the MCG in this massive first final. I cannot wait for it. Uh, yeah. You guys versus Geelong. Whether there's something in the back of his mind, just a twinge of doubt. And whether that comes back, and because you know, even you know, as in the Herald Sun today, the sports psychologist saying that physical ailment can yeah. become a, a mental problem. Clearly, yeah. that's the hurdle he's got to overcome. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's why I said I think blessing in disguise is that he does have a week to train and mm-hmm. get as close to yeah. a game mm. feeling as he can. So he's got to he's got to cook himself at training and yeah. then go again and get up and go again and go again and just keep and then bang you got confidence and you know when you go out there on Friday week there's yeah. going to be an element of how am I going to go but everyone's got that yeah. you know you look at Darcy's situation go back 12 months like Goldie would have had that way worse than what Darcy's going to have it coming off ACL one practice game straight over to Perth play on Josh Kennedy who's in form you've just got to let it go finals you've just got to lay it all on the line and you've got to be prepared to to do it so as I said like Darcy's a minor was a minor little incident where he didn't feel confident and then great news for everyone they'd come back clean and now he's got a clean run at first final and as I said if he preps well and he's confident there's no doubt he'll play so important because then you know Ruffy you got Ruffy there as well uh, mate they can <coughs> both support Brady Grundy in the ruck so clearly he's a very important player and you do base a lot of your attack off his rebound intercept all that off centre half back but just going back to when you said that you were leading against Darcy what is the greatest thing about when you take an overhead mark sort of in the forward half, Scott, I find, is the look of surprise on your face because it's sort of like, I got it. I, got, I, did, yeah. I did take it. Woohoo! We because have, you're an exceptional player, Scott, and we've all lauded you, and maybe you're a five-time, five-time, a six-time, five-time, all those trophies. But when you do pluck one above your head in the forward half, well, it just gives me great yeah, delight. And when the set shot goes through. Oh, you've been, you've been better. Been pretty good You've been year. better in front of the sticks this year. Yeah. Well, he's bragging about his 11 goals before. Yeah. Yeah, I kicked 11. I think I'm 11 five. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it's not bad. I know. Dead I, eye. I've had to defend you on Twitter for your set shot goal kicking for yeah. many, for many no, years. So year thank you. For, a bit bloody yeah, skew a if, but couple of. He's paying. I took a, um, I took a mark on. <laughs> See what I mean? Friday. I took one. I took one. <laughs> Was it Friday? We played yesterday. I took yeah. one Friday. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I ended up having to slide back as a backman and play on. Uh, is it uh, Begley? Not oh, yeah, Josh Begley. Josh Begley. And I kicked along to me versus him, and there was another pair. And yeah. I was like, oh, what's, what's going to happen here? And I, I sort of like, sort of, I don't know, but I ended up like sort of fumbling the first one and grabbing the second one. I'm like, yep. that's a mark. That's yeah. a mark. Well like, done. I showed the ball the umpire. Yes. Like, I marked it. But I am. I must have. Like, if I take an overhead mark or a contested mark, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Like, and you was an outstanding. That's, a big, tick. that's a big tick in my game. Well, I get one. Yeah, when you, you yeah. contested mark. Many great strengths, Scott. Yeah, that's not, not one of them. <laughs> no. Um, no. Hey, um, all Aust- we do we do take the P one double five, and I I, tw- yeah, I, did, I tweeted when you're running rings around the bombers age. Are you thirty one now? 32, 31. 30, yeah, thirty one. Genuine veteran. That's when you know you're sort of getting to the end when people start calling in the copy. Yeah, you tweeted me saying something about old man, old man Penderbury, old, old man, man Penderbury um, taking the piss nice. again. I copped nice. a lot of feedback about that coco, like Why? sort of a lot of. You know, people saying, get your head out of his ass, that sort of stuff. There was a bit of social media backlash, but I went in Boomy. Essendon in Boomy. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Notice that. that. Little wins. Little wins, mate. (laughs) But your disposal was elite again. And um, as I said, five time, five time. Will it mean much to you if you were to get the 
were to get the nod, we tried to do the team. It's a tough team yeah. to pick. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good honour. Yeah. So yeah, I've always been a big sort of believer. I think like the top forty is great recognition. So because mm-hmm. you know you try and do a twenty-two, you could put any of those forty in the twenty-two. There's probably you could put any of the fifty really in the yep. top. And you've got a great side. So there's great yep. players. It's great to be acknowledged amongst the great players. And yep. um, yeah, I find that it's pretty humbling. And then if you get in or you don't, I still don't feel like it diminishes your year or anything Standing. like that. Yeah. Got yeah. last week. I was trying to tell the chief footy writer, Scott Pen- uh, Mark Robinson, to get Scott Pendlebury in and make him captain as well because he does such a great job. But he didn't even put him in the team. I told Mark <laughs> it was disrespectful. <laughs> I noticed in his day, he left him out. You were the first one left out. But out I, of I had some. I took it up with the with the big chief. I had a beef with him. Head to head. It's finals time, Scott. Which is, uh, as I said, very exciting. What What are your most memorable finals? You've been oh, playing for how many yeah. years now? Sixteen. No, Sixteen years. 15? Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> um, or maybe fourteen. I don't know. Maybe this is my fourteenth. Um, take out the t- t- <laughs> take out the grand finals. The finals bore you, mate. Is that no, weird? no, no. It's been a long day. Yeah. You, um, you played in some big ones. Yeah. What, so what take, out you the, take out the grand finals. Take out the grannies. Yeah. yeah. One you were um, no, quite so sick for. No, so they've got uh, – do He's, them in order. 2007. Yeah, you started young, didn't you? Yeah. I was fortunate. My second year played in a prelim versus Geelong, lost by five points. So that finals campaign, the I think it was the semi-final. Is that what it's called before the prelim? Semi? Yeah. Yep. Played West Coast over there who were the reigning premiers. Um, they didn't have Cousins. They didn't have Judd. But they still had Kerr. They had – you know, Braun, Emily, Lynch, Cox, all those guys. Yep. Um, Glass. We went over there, pretty young side, knocked off Sydney the week before. And yeah, we weren't expected to beat them, but we ended up knocking them off an extra time. That was uh, at the old Perth Stadium, not the new one that it is Subi. now. Subi. And it was just like unbelievable, like the yep. roar. Because we sort of, they were like two goals in front all night type thing. And then we last quarter, we closed the gap and... Yeah, and a lot of our younger guys were played a big part in that. Like a lot of the guys that played in the 2010 flag played a big part in the tw- 2007 um, semi-final over there. So that was early. That was like a phenomenal experience to just go over there. And, um, you know, I kicked the goal an extra time, I think, to put a six up. And then Swanee kicked the next one to put us 12 up. And then Meadows kicked the last one, I think. Or Chris Bryan maybe kicked the last one to put us 18 points up or whatever. We sort of clicked, kicked three goals in the second bit of extra time, I think it was. And... Marty Clark, Cloakey, Heritia Lumumba, Alan Tuvi, Daisy Thomas, so many different guys. Swanee, Didak that played in that played in that um, flag side. So that was a phenomenal experience. Whereas I was nineteen or twenty at the time. Twenty six possessions, seven clearances. Yeah, yeah, and that's in the second half. I played all midfield. Like Mick just come out and was like Swan Penelbury used to midfield whole second half. Like I don't know, he just must have seen something within the game and just wanted us in there. So. Yeah, that was unreal because it was my first big win away. Mm. That was my first ever final away. And like it was, it's like hear a pin drop when we kick a goal. Yeah. And then they kick a goal and it was deafening or they got a tackle, it was deafening. Um, so yeah, that was that one. And then. Hang on, that, so that was the, the making of the away win psyche or a significant step in that? Oh, I think. Because you nah, guys have always been yeah. good on the road. Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of that being good on the road ever since I've been there. We've prided ourselves on travelling well and yep. we've always, yeah, we've always done fairly well when we've travelled. Um, 2008, I remember. Hang on. 
not finished with the ship. Why? You guys, you won by – I was a bit flat with you that night because I was reporting on that game oh, yeah. on deadline, which is already tight when it just lasts four quarters. But then when it goes into extra time, you really to does put you under result. the – Yeah, really puts you under the pump. So I wasn't that happy. So that was 2007. Yeah. What else have you? What else is one of the most memorable? Two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight elimination elimination final. final. So I think we finished eighth, and we played Adelaide, who were fifth. Um, we went over there, so they had McLeod, Burton, um, Scott Thompson was like dominant midfielder, Tyson Edwards, Scott Stevens, Ben Rutten. They were. You know, a pretty experienced side. Yep. Just yep. finished fifth. They were in the zone around about yeah, that time. Yeah, and I think yep. they just missed out on top four as well. I yep. think it might have even, Rashuda might have even been playing. Um, yeah, we had, once again, we had a pretty young side that went over there. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we had a few more injuries in 2008 than we had 2007. And You trailed at halftime by two goals? Yeah, and Maxi tagged Scott Thompson. So Maxi had been playing as a third defender all year and then in the final, Mick put him to Scott Thompson and Maxi did a phenomenal job and... I think we ended up winning by about four goals or five goals, but it was day game at the old footy park. It was 33 degrees, so it was steaming hot. Yep. Like, And, you know, they were they were touted as, you know, the fittest side. You remember under Neil Craig, they yep. were all like sort of robots. Like the robots. So fit and just yep. fucking muscly and whatnot. So yep. played over there and then, yeah, really tight game. I remember just hanging in there all day and then, sort of like late in the third quarter we got two goals up and then started to break them and then yeah that was one of the, the better wins and I think the following week we got knocked over by St Kilda but still to have those wins where you go on the road and get through and prevail like they were huge especially on the road because on the road it's so hard to win led by 20 points at three quarter time and we ended up winning the game by 31 points but Scott Stevens for them kicked six goals who the hell was playing on yeah, Steve so he that six. Day. I think he was like he literally kept them in it I think it was Presty and Jimmy Clement maybe that were playing on him Sorry if it wasn't. I just threw him under the bus, but pretty sure Presty would have been playing somewhere near him. Chris Dawes kicked three. If you and John Anthony remember him, yeah, he kicked yeah, three. He yeah. had quite a um, I think yeah straight set yeah. shot there for a so while. We had, yeah, that's what I mean. We had a really young side, but just played well and well prepared, well drilled under Mick. And then what else was there? there two thousand two thousand ten prelim versus Geelong. I think everyone sort of remembers that. Like two thousand and nine final series, I broke my leg in the first contest of the first final versus. St Kilda so my memory is that the finals I had to sit out and watch them did you nearly get back for that <clears throat> I nearly got back for the prelim yeah no I would have got back for the grand final had we have made it but we lost the prelim That's to Geelong right. by heaps didn't you have to jump off at the- yeah I, so yeah the, the original was played St Kilda lost had surgery on my leg after the St Kilda game that night played Adelaide the following week won and then I went back at the club that night and run for the first time and then I was like, I can run. Like, I'm a legitimate chance to play in this prelim. Trained on the MCG on the Wednesday. Yep. Trained fine. Yep. Well, next day, woke up. I was like, oh, it's a little bit sore, my leg. Like, blown up a little bit. And Butters, I think, could tell. And he was like, righto, we'll put you through a little bit more stuff. And then the last thing he wanted me to do was, so you know how you box jump up to something? Yep. You stand on the box and jump and land yep. on one leg. Yeah. So I jumped off and landed on one leg, but it was yeah. my good leg. Yeah. And he's like, I know what leg you land on. <laughs> <laughs> now the other leg. And I tried to do it and I landed it, but it just Hurt. killed me. And I just said, oh, look, not this week then. And then we were like, all right, can't play tonight, tomorrow night. Well, let's play the grand final in 2009, get ready for that. And we didn't make it, but yeah. Do you reckon they would get you to do that now? 
jump off the box and land on one leg or yeah, your broken know. leg. Yeah, probably for a grand final, you'd want to know that Good the guy test. could go. Yeah. So 2010 prelim, you come up against a rampaging uh, Geelong side. They, yeah. they obviously coming off 2009 premiership, yeah. 2010, but Mick had that, what he called mixed box. From, is that what it's called? I think that's what he called it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he called it mixed box, and that was the frontal pressure, which sort of took the competition by storm um, that game. So it was really – I remember it being a matchup of Geelong's creative run, and they attacked yeah, the game yeah, off halfback, half yeah. and your frontal pressure. Yeah. And what happened in the first quarter? Um, oh, I think the game was almost over at quarter time, and that's not being disrespectful, but I think we were like – You hit them like a freight train. I think we kicked seven goals to one in the first quarter and just – um, you sort of have those nights where like sort of everything was going right. Do you remember Lee Brown kicked that big barrel and it bounced almost sideways to get back in for a goal? Yeah, it was an absolute Ki- right He kicked angle. like a, just it- a mongrel from 55. Oh, no, he kicked it from about 70, this that- mongrel, because we had all the space out the back. And he just launched one into the forward oh. line and it bounced on like a right angle back to goal and went, went in and it was just sort of like... It was insane. Everything was going our way. So yeah. you know, usually if you dominate a quarter, you might kick 4-3. We kicked seven straight or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just our pressure game was working and we were able to really pressure them and force them to exit and stuff. And I just won, like, you know, Gary Ablett Jr.'s best player of our era. But I just yeah. remember once in the – I think it was the first quarter, late in the first quarter, someone took a mark, he got around the back, got a handball, like they like to do to start their chain. I remember him just sort of looking up and just – I don't, he didn't know where to go. And I was like, I've not really seen him ever do that before. And then mm-hmm. we were able to pressure him and then he just launched it out and just Dump kicked kick. it straight to Harry O'Brien, who mm-hmm. was, you know, metres in the clear. And I was like – we're pressuring him the right way here. We're getting enough turnovers. Like, but yeah, you, I don't know, it's on I your terms. Yeah. And then that night, yeah, the crowd and that was just mental, but it's one of those ones, like if, whenever you played Geelong for some, that side back then and even today, you just never feel safe against Geelong because as good as you're going, they can score as quick as you can at times. So that was a pretty um, special game just to get over them and move into a grand final for the first time for a lot of guys. It was dramatic night too because – uh, Mark Thompson's future, or well, that was his last game as coach, I think, of Geelong, and then Gary Ablett left to the Gold Coast. So there were some issues bubbling away for the Cats. I don't think they were as on song or on point as they could have been with some stuff happening in the background. I reckon that was the first night, too, I ever heard the calling yeah, wood. that's right. That's when it started. I think that was the night yeah. that we heard the chant first. Yeah, and it happened in the first quarter, and it was just so loud. It was, like, deafening. Yeah. And did you know – are you in a game where you feel like you've, it's in your pocket? Like, did you were you thinking throughout that second half, like – yeah, in the second half, the you could feel guys in a, in a, especially in our team yep. being like grand final next week. Yeah, we're up by sixty points. Yeah, let's just kick the ball around a bit. Yeah, stay out of harm's way. Yeah, which which we did. Yeah, and I think we ended up winning by like forty points, but the game was well and truly over. And the other subplot of that is that uh, <laughs> Mac, Nick Maxwell, great Geelong man, and Matthew Scarlett, another great Geelong man, absolutely hate each other. I think it's fair to say. So I think. It was around about that time that there were some significant on-field barbs, which might have yeah, right. even been a bit of trash-talking off the field when they saw each other, but they don't like each other. I was pretty naive to that sort of stuff yeah, back you then. Just, you just uh, were focused on the game. I probably still am, so <laughs> don't really understand it even now. Was that the dreadlock era? Do you reckon? No, nah, 2011. Oh, it's dreadlocks. You know what the, what the worst look ever was just post-dreadlocks, where you cut them and you had those little... Like patchy. Yeah. Then I had to get it shaved properly. That was gross. Yeah, yeah. Continuing our Scott's most memorable finals <laughs> <laughs> podcast, um, let's move along to... Was it the Luke Ball goal? Yeah, oh. Luke Ball in 2011 against Hawthorne. 
um, tight game. Tight game. One that we're probably looking back on, we're very lucky to get through. Like Hawthorne come in with a plan, a way to try and attack us differently. You were invincible in the early part of that year. We are invincible all year. We only lost to Geelong. Yeah. Like no one got near us all year but Geelong and that prelim. First final we played the Bulldogs, won by 13 goals. So were you running goals. out of steam or not? I don't think we were running out of steam. We right. just had one side we just couldn't get past. In the Hawthorne. Storm. Geelong, we couldn't get past. We Sorry. lost to the Granny to Geelong in 2011. That's right. But Hawthorne was the first side that really challenged us, tested us like – Probably for the first time that whole year, I thought we mightn't make the grand final. Yep. Because I thought they got out to a three-goal lead and goals were hard to come by all night. They closed the game down really well, defended us really well. And then we got in front and then Buddy Franklin kicked that ridiculous goal. Remember, like, left foot, wrong side for a left footer, dribble kick, Chris Tarrant right up his clacker, yep. dribbled it through, and I was just like, we're not going to make it. We're not going <laughs> to win. And then um, I remember just that stoppage where the ball sort of bobbled out the back, ball he was there. Yep. Left foot, snap, goal. Just the noise was insane. Yeah. That was different. That was more like relief when we won that game. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh. Because you were expected to. We didn't to. cock it up yep. type thing. Whereas the year before, it was like excitement, buzz, first granny, all that yep. sort of stuff. Go that get him. second one was sort of like, for me, I felt like, oh, we're expected to get to the granny. We didn't cock it up, cock it up, cock it up or choke or whatever it was. So. Does that add more pressure and tension? Do you feel that in, out, no, out there? No, because you have a certain sense of swagger, I think, and invincibility. But yeah. When that sort of gets, you know, hacked out a little bit, you're like, yeah. Jesus, we could lose. And yeah. as I said, credit to Hawthorne. Like, you have a look at the side that played then and went, went on to do some pretty amazing things. So yeah. they were a good side, well coached, and I said, like, tried a little tactic that we hadn't really, they really closed the game and down on us. And then to, when they had the ball, slowed it down, denied us. I think that was a pretty low scoring game. Yeah, that's swaggy you talk about. I've seen that before when you come through the George, the, 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 the beautiful <laughs> front doors at the front there. Yeah, that, got your uh, coffee ready for Yeah, it. everyone, oh, there do you remember where you were when Buddy kicked that goal? I actually watched it just before and it was three minutes to go. Taz was right on him. Yeah. Taz had done a really good job, pushed him towards would have been the boundary. Sprinting back to the back 50 to try and help. And of course, this was a uh, masterfully crafted plan by your then coach, Mick Malthouse. He said since that that stoppage set up was something that had been well rehearsed, well practiced, it was sort of one of the, the best pages of his premiership playbook and it just worked out perfectly. I think he said that you actually trained that play on the Thursday and, um, you know, credit to you guys for executing his very clear plan, Scott. Yeah, it was um, – we did practice stoppages at training. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever like a – Oh, I can't remember ever having yeah. like a drawn up play of what yeah. was going to happen. No, no, I think he's, I think yeah. he's claimed it. Oh, well, yeah. if he's claimed it, well, then it happened. So <laughs> you never argue with, you never argue with the coach, mate. If they're always right, but yeah, I would say if it was on that side, it probably would have been me. That should have been coming on my left foot, not Ballie, but <laughs> Ballie was a very good left foot snap. Yeah. Uh, and then do you, so when you meet Luke Ball now, like, do you guys, or you catch up for your yeah, yeah, chats and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. like, do you ever reference, is that something you guys would ever reference? No, he's pretty humble. Really? He'd never bring it up. Right. Yeah, but... Yeah, I catch you, up with yeah. my mates when we talk about our sporting exploits. We always talk about the corner threes we drained back <laughs> yeah, in the day. Yeah. Better than you were. Yeah. But no, it's, all those moments though in finals, like the, you know, same before, like John Anthony goal and Bawley goal. I don't even know whatever else there is. It's like, well, you, you just remember where you were, like their moments. Like yeah. you remember where you were in yeah. that moment. How like nuts you to celebrate the crowd. As I said, like it just goes like this deafening noise. It's like white noise, just so loud. It's pretty cool. This is a good one. What's what's your moment? What's your favourite moment? What's the Scott Penderbury moment that you can bring up and, and brag about? Uh, 
Oh, the loudest it was, I kicked a goal against Geelong in 2010 prelim on my right foot. Yeah. I think that put us about 37 points up in the first quarter. Yeah. And, yeah, I just remember, like, running through the 50, kicking it. and just Shut the gate. Just Shut went, the gate, boys. Went, yeah, just went Hacker straight. As soon as I kicked it off me boot, it was straight through the middle. And I was like, yep. the crowd just went nuts. And, yeah, it's like one of those things. It was like six goal in a row. We're on a roll. Everything's yeah. going our way. It felt pretty good. Shut the that, gate. That was when I was working on an edit once and Ben Johnson was working at the club. Yeah. And he walked back in from one of his many long lunches. Yeah. And he said, what? what's this highlights package you're doing? And I was just saying, oh, it's the best finals. And he's like, what about the one where I got around Lingy? Cameron Ling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stepped in, 50. stepped in the other way and then kicked the goal. He literally stood there until yeah. I put it into yeah, the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. That's good form. Yeah, it's great. As I said, you remember the moments. So that moment to Jono was huge. <laughs> Is there anything that compares to the crushing uh, feel? That, like, what's the other side of the coin? Obviously, the grand final defeat to Geelong. Um, is there anything that sits with you or is there any? Is there one which burns with you more than others, a defeat, a uh, September in defeat? In finals? Yeah. Uh, like obviously Port the Adelaide, great- the year we finished fifth, I think, in 2013. Yeah. I played them and they were eighth at the G. Oh, that was the Heath Shaw game. Yeah. He Heath lost Shaw his went mental. Bit, didn't yeah. he? Lost his marbles. Yeah. He went completely tropo. At Angus Monfries. That was right? his last game for the club. Yeah. That was a pretty, like... Sort of, I don't know, just everything just went wrong and yep. they played really well and, like, we ended up losing by, like, eight goals or something, 40 points, and it was, like, yep. out there. It was just, like, flat, yep. so flat and just we just couldn't get going. I was like, Jesus, like, we, I think we just missed the top four by percentage. Yeah. That far away from a double chance and you got knocked over by eight goals. And that hurt. Yeah, just after it, like, sounds weird, but, like, you know, with the mad Monday and stuff like that, it's, like, almost like you don't want to do it. It's, like... Yep. Our season's finished, but it's not. Like we, yep. I can't believe it's done. Like it shouldn't be done. Like we yep. should be training today. We should be preparing for another game. Like because yep. once you go to finals, the the possibilities are endless. But the finish is so sudden, and you yep. just can't believe it stops. Yeah. Like and that's so in you know two weeks time after the first final, two sides are done, and mm. it's just brutal because when you go into that game, you're so optimistic that you'll win it, and then what do we do next week? Who are yep. we going to get? Then all of a sudden it's done. Siren goes, finished. Yeah. And then we played Sydney in another prelim in 2012 up there and we're pretty competitive in the first half. They just blew us away in the second. There they hurt. The, pre- the prelims hurt because you you know how close and how hard they mm. get to. And prelims are the best atmospheres as well. Like yep. grand finals are an amazing atmosphere, but prelims because yep. it's less corporate, more crowd. Like, yep. you know, last first Richmond last year is like obviously one of the better finals that I've ever played in, but that's. That was 100,000 people, 50,000 Collingwood, 50,000 Richmond, barely any neutrals. And it is like, feels like the game's on, but in the crowd it's on as well. You know, yep. it's like they kick a goal, they're trying to barrack louder than Collingwood fans or whatever. And that's just... High stakes with your mates in a prelim. Oh, it's the best. And yep. yeah, the prelims are the... Yeah, the, I think coaches say they're almost like the hardest game to win mm. prelims because they're just, there's never an easy prelim. I mean, you look at Hawthorne, has probably been the most successful team in my career. All their prelims have been by like under 10 points. Like they're brutal games to win. Tell us more about that, the Sydney prelim, because that, you're coming off J-Mac? Was that that yeah, one? Yeah, J-Mac, so. So tell us the feeling amongst the boys, because you're going up there for a prelim and you've got to get motivated, but you go to the funeral and then make the flight. Yeah, so we went to the funeral the day before the game, I think it was, yeah. and then um, flew up to Sydney and played. Yeah, it was, I think we will focused on the job at hand to play, but once the game sort of fell away, guys were just that mentally drained and yeah. 
there's that much emotion and even after the game it wasn't so much about winning or losing it was just like let's stick together for the next period of time and get around guys that are hurting and stuff like that because J-Mac had some some of his best mates were playing in that side and they've just lost a mate seven days earlier so it was um yeah that was that was a really different experience because it wasn't about you know and even after the game it wasn't Bucks wasn't about you know we didn't do this well tonight didn't do this it was more like let's look after each other get around each other really support um yeah it was yeah it was um yeah it was different another finals campaign in a little over a week's time what do you got planned for the weekend mate well how what's your preparation yeah, so we train friday night so do you? yeah so we're gonna train friday night which cool. is um cool so Are you doing a scratch match no i'm not doing a scratch match but yeah it's like i don't know it's weird because it's a finals bar i don't even remember this time last year i was in hospital because i was crook so hang on a sec, you're training at night time to yeah. replicate the, replicate the game conditions, conditions yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, and I was saying, like, I don't remember what I did last year because this time last year I was in hospital before yep. the finals. Um, so I got a bit crook. So, um, yeah, it's been – feels weird. It's like my body knows that I've got a week off, so it's like I feel so fresh and so ready to go. And Friday night will be a decent session, I reckon. I reckon yep. not match, not a match sim, but you know, plenty of full groundwork and – um, yeah, just getting a really good blowout because you're not, you know, I'm not going to be sore on Saturday from it because it'll be yep. a bit more K's in the leagues type thing. Yeah, that'd be a big test for Darcy. And then, yeah, I think there'd be like Darcy, Geordie. Pillbag Sidey. Sidey, guys like that, like a great opportunity, as I said, to build confidence again because I said once you're in the season, you don't get a chance to have yep. a week off and be like, right, oh, let's do a match yep. like training session. So, yep. yeah, and cool. And then weekend off. So both Critters got a final for Ball and Ryan's got a final for Port Melbourne. So I'll probably it sounds I'll just be out the footy all weekend watching yeah. watching those boys play and a bit of family time out for breakfasts things like that bit of jacksy time might get a babysitter go out for dinner with the lovely oh yeah nice yeah yeah come to the George 162 Collins Street absolutely you got the pork sticky prawns. pork yeah oh, yeah the prawns beef so absolutely. yeah and this is the first time uh, in recent memory that there's no VFL play yeah so our VFL side's finished does that um, put you at a disadvantage. Uh, with I, getting I, players I think, I think ideally your VFL side would be up and going because then those guys can play this weekend um, and even as you progress they can stay with you and play and they're motivated to you know by winning the championship or finals or grand final whatever it is so um, yeah it's a I think it's not ideal but we talk about it all year that we're one club and one team so their role now is to help best prepare us for, for what lies ahead Jaden Stevenson uh, good game in the VFL played well no I doubt he plays right yep oh I think so yep. just yeah. pretend you're the coach for a second yeah, you yeah. pick him yep yeah he definitely yeah. gets picked yeah we look at how he was playing before he got rubbed out yep you know he kicked 21 goals in 10 games or something and, and he's fit right fit yeah he played and I, yeah it was really good to see him play on the weekend and um yeah, after his suspension was served Friday night, able to play the next day, which was completely understandable. I ten thought. games, ten games, ten games is ten games. Yeah, that was a ridiculous. Journo's <laughs> a bit salty oh. about that one. It's that no one picked it up. Or? Doesn't make any sense for as long as we've so grown if we up played in football. Friday, right? Yep. And then we played three days later the AFL side. Would you not want him to play? I've always understood a game to meet a complete round or so like a weekend. Yeah, like that's all always meant that so why would you delineate for an integrity issue like Gill's 10 um, AFL games wasn't it pardon did you serve 10 AFL games yeah but when have you ever known have you ever known that a game is not a complete round or a complete weekend it's been like that since the dawn of time I feel like if I got rubbed out for a week yeah and Collingwood played Friday Sunday I would miss just the Friday night 
Not the Sunday. Well, except for when you're suspended. Now, if I got suspended for one game, yeah. I'd miss the Friday and be able, able to play my next game whenever that is. Okay, so... You're just stuck in the cycle that a game occurs every week. I'm stuck in the rules. That's where I'm stuck. Yeah, so just like, get out of the rules, mate. Well, if you, if, you, if you get suspended for the first time in your career, you've never been suspended, have you? Mm-mm. No. If you, if you ever <laughs> hit someone with those fists of fury of yours, <laughs> right, then, then that means you would be out for, guess what, the whole weekend. Anyway, Steve-O's going to be playing, and that's yep. great. By the way, a little um, sports bet update. Uh, sixty. the cat's a favourite for that one versus uh, Collingwood uh, 220. <laughs> Didn't sports pack plugs now. <laughs> didn't see the didn't see the humour in that one. Did he? Yeah, man. <laughs> funny guy. Hey, Geelong's doing a lot. Chris Scott, unusually for me, he's doing himself a funny guy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> We're laughing like at our own jokes. Yeah. We've got to move forward. Chris yeah. Scott's doing a lot of whinging about the finals <laughs> fixture. Unusually for me, why would the coach be sucking about this? Get your CEO, get your president to take up the fight. Why is that? He should just be talking about we'll play anywhere, anytime. We'll play in a shoebox, all that sort of stuff. But he's been quite aggressive <coughs> on that. West Coast versus Essendon, and you take on Geelong at the MCG. GWS versus the Bulldogs on Saturday. Saturday night, it's Brisbane versus Richmond. But you, uh, and I told you this is the way how it would play out, of course. I do get what he's saying, Chris Scott. Well, the fairness issue. Huh? I get what he's saying. Oh, you want to play it down at GMHBA no, Stadium? I'm, I know what he's saying, but um, like, there's so many things in our game that aren't fair. Well, here we go, Coco. Don't you think? Go on. So, no, <laughs> what do you mean? So, like, I know what he's saying by, like, because they finished on top, they yeah. should get a home final at their home ground. They play home games at the MCG, where they play the Easter Monday blockbuster yeah, but every if they year. They had their preference, Coco. I know. When you check the fixture, Geelong versus Hawthorne, they yeah. choose it. Where do they play? MCG. And they've done yeah. that for how many years in a row? Forever. Wow. Yeah. But they're saying that they feel like there's an advantage to play. But I think his argument is not so much about the whole final series, because he's spoken about other clubs. Mm-hmm. The grand final sh- as well should be played at the team on the higher position of the ladder. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I would have no problem oh. next, no, if next year, next year, <laughs> if the AFL said, uh, if West Coast, like last year, us play West Coast in the final, they're second, we're third, the mm-hmm. final is in Perth because they are the high-ranked side. I have no problem with that. Yep. And we'll I'd, play, and GWS make it, yep. and we'll have 26,000 at the showground. So that's all the corporates that fit in. So there'll be not one single football fan yeah. at a GWS versus Collingwood grand but final. Are, you reckon that'd be a good idea? So if so you were CEO they, for a day, Scott, no, well, think, you would rubber stamp that no, move, well, would I you? I think the, the rider on top of it all is, yep. like, the capacity that the ground has to hold people. So Oh, hang on. So, oh, man, so, little, Sid- so, so a little asterisk got his claim. In Sydney, <laughs> would you play it at ANZ? Yeah, but then it's still uneven. You, then you're going back to uneven. Yeah, you're saying right. you're saying it has again. to be at the at the home ground. Yeah, but it could so be at ANZ. Oh, we punched a real hole in that argument. I wouldn't care if it was that. But... The one thing that I would say, if you wanted to make it that, yep. every club needs their own ground. Yeah. Because ground. we don't... Yeah. So we technically, goes back to Vic Park. We mm. technically then play away games at Marvel. Yeah. Well, you, because that's not our home stadium. But yep. So us and Richmond have the ho- same home ground. Mm-hmm. So that's not an advantage to either of us. Yeah. Do you know well, what I'm well, saying? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But let's, so like if we had say Vic yep. Park and Richmond had Punt yep. Road Oval yep. then if we had unlimited money yeah. you're right we'd all have an yeah. MCG but, I think but we how don't it's done now yeah. there's, there's more things that are uneven about the competition yeah. than yeah. where the finals are played yeah Scott, the I, draw 
I admire Joe, you. I admire your thoughts on a lot of things the about football. You get you have me covered on the strategy and, and many other millions of uh, football topics. Do you not think the draw is uneven? But if you take over as CEO, <laughs> we're going to be playing the grand final at Showground Stadium. Now, of course, the draw is uneven, but um, and I would love it to be play everyone once. Yeah, yeah, that would be great idealistically. But unless you and I both want a twenty percent uh, pay you cut, you would get a twenty percent. You pay would cut. get a. You would. You wouldn't. You, you would. If you think Lewis so Martin from NFL. Channel, huh? NFL because they've got more. a bazillion but people over how there. How many people were interested in round twenty three? How many people are interested in round twenty three? No, it's actually pretty good. Heaps. Heaps. Why? Because it because it it determines finals positions. There's so much interest in it because of what happened shapes finals. That means if okay. you play everyone once, yeah. round 15, 16, 17 is all yeah. cutthroat, and there's going to be meaning to if you win or lose. We have too many games where it's like. It's all right, they can afford to drop this one because if they win the next two, they can still make it. Yep. Have 17 games and it's a lot more less margin for yep. error. You can't afford to have lulls. Yeah. Do or die. So yeah, people are going to watch. Even with Mate, this season, they'll be like round two, oh, Collingwood needs to come out and win round three, otherwise they're in trouble. What are you, you, you going to feel? Just go to the snow or go to Europe for Mate, four weeks. So they come back and they just get, oh, we'll just watch 23 in the Where's final. Channel 7 going to come up with that extra 500 hours of commercial TV, primetime commercial TV, which they could sell between round 17 to 23 and all the ads they need to fill? Well, Lewis Martin is not watching. paying as much. Lewis Martin goes to the same coffee shop I do now. Will you ask him? I'll ask him. Ben and Jerry's, what's it called? Jerry's. Jerry's. Jerry's Milk Bar. I've seen him a little bit. Yeah. Will you yeah. ask him? Just say, would you be prepared to pay as much for an 18 round season? Would as you be prepared would? to pay as much yeah. if it was 17 games, yeah. but more player access? Were well, you going to give a little bit? So pre game, media, post game, what do you go for us? That'd be a better product. Something special? Then people happy? might stay after the game because it's like all ins with media. It might be able to have the broadcast an extra hour after the game, hear from all your favourite players on the TV, sell that time. I've seen your little wow. half, I've seen your halftime interviews. Wow. <laughs> I don't yeah, I'm not a big fan of those ones. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, before we finish, you must be looking forward to next Friday night. It's a great challenge at the cat against the cats. What do you gotta do well? Um, most important thing in footy is kick straight. That's finals. Right. I think that you actually have to take the most of your chances in finals, so when you get chances and creating opportunities, you've got to find the best shot on goal and do those things really well. Yeah. I think that's seriously one of the most overlooked things in all of footy is the ability to hit the scoreboard well. Good call. Um, so, How many yeah. steps is your goal-kicking routine? Seven and seven. Isn't that amazing that some – I know Straight a, away. a person who asked a club, a team of players what their routines were and not many of those players could tell him, which yeah. is – Concerning, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's seriously like you look at some finals in the past. Sides that kick well and kick straight early, mm-hmm. or when their chances arise, keeps you in the game. Yeah, like on the weekend, Friday night against Essendon, what we kicked like eighteen points. Yep. It's like, yeah, but why? Why don't you train goal kicking? More? We do. You do. We do train it, but it's just something. And I've seen it my whole career. You do a lot of time goal kicking. Just get out there, fatigue, angle. Yeah. Little man on your shoulder. Yeah. Because when I did gulking practice, you like you sort of take the piss a bit, but now it's more serious, yeah? Yeah, there's like dedicated blocks in training for goal kicking routine and practice and that. Mm-hmm. And then after training, you have some comps for coffees or whatever. But yep. yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I think that one. And then oh, the obvious one, the, the midfield battle always against Geelong yep. versus our midfield, us versus them is going to be on. It's going to be huge. And, Danger's um, hot. Yeah, he's hot. Red hot, isn't he? So hopefully he cools off a little bit in the week <laughs> off and runs out of touch. And Yeah, but he's... 
in some serious form. 28 so. coaches' votes out of a possible 30 in his last three games. Well, you only have to watch the weekend game against Carlton. He was like yep. the best forward and midfielder on the ground. Yeah. It's phenomenal. So um, hopefully I don't get that matchup. You're going to need a fire extinguisher out there. <laughs> now, if you um, if you were picking the All-Australian team on Wednesday night, yep. who would be Pendle's pick? Who, who would you pick that sort of maybe a less obvious target or who would you absolutely want in the team um, that the All-Australian selectors well, the best simply way to, can't leave out? The best way to look at it is if you had to play, if you had to pick a team tomorrow yep. to play for your life, who's a player that you would want yep. on the field for you? Yeah, versus the aliens for planet Earth. Yeah, so so you're saying what one player that made the squad or just if one player to play yep. and I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Brody Grundy. He'll be starting, starting all Australian Ruckman. Guaranteed. Starting all Australian Ruckman. Yep. And he is at a level where yep. if we had to play for planet Earth, yep. I know that he would yep. I know what I'm gonna get out of him. He's on fire. You can't stop him, he's a ruckman. And he's gonna get paid. Um Coco, who that's will be what, your That's what I think now. Do you reckon Brody's gonna get better next year and the year after? I can't see why not. So why not pay him now? But why think, not just pay whatever he wants now before he goes up? His well, I think the, up. Mm. I think the the thing is that when you get to a level like what Brody is now, the jumps are smaller. Yep, he's elite. You know, he's already elite. Yeah, so the jumps are smaller, like little increments. He'll still get better, but they're little increments. And opposed to three years ago when he like has a breakout season, you're like, oh my god, who's this Brody Grundy guy? He's mm-hmm. really good. And then the next year, he's like, mm-hmm. geez, I didn't know he could do this and he can do that and you discover all these things and now we've seen him for so long three years doing it you're like yep. wow he can do all these things yep. and then eventually it's like then becomes just expected but yeah Brody mind you there's a few Bond yep. he's had sort of an underrated season I think he's twice won the best and fairest mm. this has been his best season Yeah, and he's had hot competition from within his own team yeah. Dunkley McRae yeah Liber they Hunter, serious good midfield, don't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you take on them further yeah. down, Bont, big challenge. Bont, yeah. and, Bont and Brody would be the two for me. Yep. Yeah. Do you reckon they're? I reckon they're Cripper right up there well. with favourites. Fifey Dangerfield. I reckon. There's a few. <laughs> Bulldogs are just now that they're in. Oh, they're dangerous. Yeah, they're so dangerous since the buy. What eight and two since the buy? When you think about it, though, any side in the finals, and Bulldogs are hitting in a really good form. Any side in the finals, if they get their game going, they'll win. So I mean, so it's a real arm wrestle of like how you can take away their game and get yours going. And I know what you're saying like the Bulldogs are entering in really good form, but all it takes is one side to stop you going or stop your momentum, and it's done. It's mm-hmm. done. That's why finals are so good. It's so cutthroat. Run into a roadblock. Let's get your tips before we finish up. West Coast versus Essendon. Uh, where's that? Perth. Perth. Not playing at the MCG. <laughs> No. I thought the ground capacity would be better at the MCG. More fans would <laughs> oh, see it. Look at this guy. Um, He's not funny. Cold water's gone to his I head I think yesterday. West Coast will win that. Oh, Margin. Yeah. Oh, we agree with 15 you. points. Oh, it's going to be a big 48 hours of news following uh, an Essendon loss if it occurs to see what happens with contracted coach John Worsfold. You guys obviously think you'll beat Geelong on Friday night. Yeah. And I've got a sneaky feeling you will. I can't wait for that. That's the game. Your game is the most excited, and I think I'll tip you you guys, not just because you're sitting here. Thanks, Joe. GWS versus the Bulldogs on Saturday? Uh, It's going to be different from when they played a few weeks ago because they're going to have more forward options, Mm -hmm. the Giants. Yep. But I just think 
Bulldogs are in too good a form. Yeah. But I think it'll be really, really close. Like, I reckon it'll be, was it 2016 yeah, prelim? 2016 I'm seeing prelim. that again. 2016 prelim. I'll say Dogs by four points. You agree, Coco? That 2016 prelim was one of those ones where you remember where you were. Yep. Yeah. Dogs and, by four. And finally, Brisbane versus, I mean, still can't believe that uh, West Coast lost the Hawthorne the other night. But who you got? Brisbane, Richmond at the Gabba. Uh, I think Richmond. There's probably the, I don't know what the market is, but I just think. <laughs> you got the update, Jack. Yeah. I, oh, let me ask Steve. <laughs> I think it's going to be, it's a different ball game up there. Um, well, it's at a different ground. Different ground. Where's that at? The Gabba? Yep. Yep. They um, adjusted. Did you, did you yeah, watch the game? After quarter time. After quarter time, they it adjusted. It was a really well. close game. The Brisbane. You reckon they gained more than they lost out of the loss? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They know what to expect. They know, they see each other, they get another look. Yeah. Um, but then Richmond also, the other side of it is everyone's like, oh, Richmond didn't really gain much. Well, they got to look at what Brisbane do well mm. and how they can take that away or some of the things they didn't quite expect. So, um, I think they do I think, make a change. I think Richmond will win that yep. by, I, mean. by I, I don't know, I, for some reason I just see the strengths of both sides and I think it's going to be 10, 11 points, 10 points. Like I think that's going to go down to the wire. And then I just, I just feel like, like they're Tom Lynch or Dustin Martin or something, just that little bit of magic. Rewalt was hot early with four goals. I think Dimmer makes one change. He puts Graham, Hardnut, Tagger to, to, um, to Lockie Neal around the stoppage, and I think he's going to get 51 up at the Gabba this week. Yeah, yeah not bad. Who do you think outside of Bucks is best coach this year? Yeah, it's a good question. Clarko? Yeah. Fags? Papa Smurf Fagan? F- Fagan's done pretty well. Is he a coach of the year? from where? Like Fagan. Five wins last year, Brisbane. Chris Scott taking his side from where they were last year to the top. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's that many good coaches. Like Dimmer, seven and six. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like the so who's tight. the shiny new toy yeah, yeah. that's to play with, whereas like... Well, it's always based on pretty much the increase up yeah. the ladder. Bevo? Reward excellence. What were Bevo? They were five and eight, weren't they? Yep. In a hole. They are now. Best scoring side last month. Next step, mate, we're going to talk about your magnificent 299-game career, which hits 300. New huge final, Geelong versus Colin, the MCG, 85,000 people at least. I'm going to be there. Can't wait for a cocker. You're coming along. Maybe not in that purple shirt, though. Just, just cotton wool yourself this week. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be fine. Just You and your weird injuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on the Jock and Journo show. We're at the George, of course, 162 Collins Street, just scoffing down some of those fat cut chips. Uh, magnificent. The Carlton boys enjoyed a good night here on uh, what Saturday night? night? Saturday night. I think Probably. they were well behaved, partied long into the night. Oh, no. Where else would you come other than the George? Five-time, five-time. Might be six times, five times next time we speak to you. Um, have a great weekend. Thank off. you. Cheers. Coco, magnificent purple as always. Oh, cheers, man. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Thank you.